0: They can expect on Tuesday that the circuit breaker will be over and a road map will be laid out for all British Columbians to see.
1: You know, these are things that obviously we're we're looking at a whole bunch of different factors, and we've been consulting with a whole variety of groups. So there are many other um, pieces. You know, indoor religious services, um, an important part of many people's lives, that has been suspended for a while. Um, sports for for youth, uh, outdoor sports versus indoor sports for adults. Um, the the travel, uh, you know, all of these things are being worked out. Um, and yes, it, it will. Have Happen slowly and gradually, and we'll pause and watch and make sure that we're not seeing a resurgence of disease as we get through this next little while. As we know that it takes some time before full protection as well from immunization. So don't expect to see on one day everything's going to come back. It's going to be gradually increasing in all different areas over a period of weeks and months.
2: George Affleck, for Mike Smith, that was first uh, Premier Horgan, followed by Dr. Bonnie Henry. Joining me now is Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Keith, how's it going?
0: Pretty good, George. How are you?
2: Good. So, I don't know. Okay, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening tomorrow? What's, happen- what's, what's happening with reopening? Are we, ha- are we reopening? Yeah.
0: So, uh, again, not everything at once. Uh, I expect we're going to get a roadmap of sorts, a timeline tomorrow from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Premier Horgan, Health Minister Adrian Dix, of when you heard Dr. Henry talk about religious services, for mm-hmm. example, you know, are they going to resume uh, in-person religious services uh, next weekend, the weekend after that? Uh, we're going to get some dates on that. We're going to get some some timeline indications when it comes to sports, uh, both indoors and outdoors, so sports leagues can start making their plans for the summer. We're going to get some information on the arts and culture community uh, in terms of when we can expect there to be small gatherings for for small festivals or concerts and such. And, of course, the health order that uh, banned in-person dining uh, expires at midnight tonight, and it sounds like it's not going to be extended. So we assume that as of tomorrow you can go back to eating in a restaurant, albeit by the o- old rules um, or the new rules, which is you know no more than six people at a table. All right. You're supposed to people still be in your,
2: group that you know. You're in your
0: own group. Uh, but maybe that rule changes too. The, 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 right now, you're not supposed to gather in any numbers indoors in other people's houses. Uh, maybe that rule gets relaxed, or at least we get, we get some sort of indication of when, when it will be relaxed over the summer. We're up to uh, gathering with 10 people outdoors right now. Maybe that uh, number increases again throughout the summer. But it, it's not all going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be phased in. And Dr. Henry has talked before about... How July first weekend to her is sort of a pivotal moment, and I think that's where a lot of things will be tied to. I think there would be more reopening in July than there will be in June.
2: Why can't we do it? The way I bring this up all the time with about Boris Johnson's approach, which was like, okay, on June twenty first, this is going to happen. On July twenty first, this is going to happen. And literally, the here is the exact timeline based on obviously based on numbers that they're seeing. They're at four per one hundred thousand or whatever they are, and four percent. We're at what, five, six right now? Or are we higher than that?
0: About 440 cases a day. Um, so we're, we're, we're dropping. Numbers are all dropping right across the board, George. There's no question. But it's interesting. You raised a good point. Uh, Dr. Henry has been very reluctant to ever set specific targets or dates. Things mm-hmm. uh, it's been more it's heavily nebulous. nuanced, <laughs>
2: it's and
0: that can be frustrating for uh, yeah. businesses who you know need to uh, need to know when the, they should hire staff or expand mm-hmm. or contract based on what their expectation is for business, based on you know dates for for opening and not. Uh, but maybe we'll get some dates tomorrow. I still kind of think it's going to be nuanced and gradual rather than specific.
2: Okay, so second dose. Now, that's the other thing. I'm getting confused here. Now, Nassie is saying second dose, you should get the same as the first dose. Last time I was here, we were talking about this. You and I both got the AstraZeneca. We were like I don't care, but AstraZeneca, fine. But now they're saying, yeah, you should get the AstraZeneca if you got the AstraZeneca. Wh- which is it? Wh- why are we getting these mixed messages from Nasi?
0: Yeah, because I think the science is changing or hasn't changed enough. So there have been some studies about... Mix, <coughs> mixing vaccines <coughs> but i don't think they're conclusive enough for nasty to draw any firm final um pieces of advice but their advice right now and again nasty just advises health canada and governments they don't set the rules uh governments can choose to do <coughs> something else if they if they don't like nasty's advice and that indeed we've seen that across the country that provinces sometimes heed NACI, sometimes don't. So the advice from NACI right now, the recommendation is uh, for your second dose, get the same vaccine you had for your first dose, if possible. It's interesting, in AstraZeneca's case, they recommend if you can't get AstraZeneca, get Johnson & Johnson. The problem with that whole argument is there's no Johnson & Johnson (laughs) in Canada. Yeah. And there's very little AstraZeneca. We got 90,000 doses last week of AstraZeneca. You and I, George, are part of an exclusive club of 275,000 people in BC who got AstraZeneca. And that number is not going to increase uh, in terms so of first dose.
2: So we don't have enough right now for the second dose for all we the don't, people we, who got it? We
0: don't, but our second dose isn't until, you know, it's a 13-week it's a yeah, we interval. Months. So we're looking at July. And yeah. the chances are of between... Of, between now and July of getting more AstraZeneca, are pretty good. So I think we're going to get to 275,000 second doses of AstraZeneca, so we should be fine. The advice for people like us, if we can't get AstraZeneca, is to get Johnson & Johnson. The problem with that is there's no Johnson & Johnson scheduled for arrival in Canada anytime soon.
2: And I assume there are doses available of AstraZeneca, but they're not using them because they're keeping them just in case they need them for something else?
0: They're keeping the 90, 000, the, the doses, I think we've got a little more than 100,000 doses, they're all being kept for second doses uh, purposes. And they're going to start being administered in small numbers uh, fairly soon, because there is an expiry date with AstraZeneca, yep. um, but they are going to be used for second doses. And it's conceivable, in fact, probably likely, that the gap for AstraZeneca doses is going to shrink below 13 weeks, Pfizer and Pfizer. In Moderna are 13 weeks, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and, and as is AstraZeneca, but AstraZeneca, because of the limited amount of doses and the need to get them out before they expire, may mean that some people will get their second dose. Sooner than thirteen weeks, if you're an AstraZeneca person.
2: All right, switching gears. Uh, the Fairy Creek escalation. We have some celebrity mm-hmm. protesters joining the fray now, <laughs> writing Zipporah. columns. Uh, Zipporah Berman. What does the what is the meaningfulness behind that? Her, her joining. the
0: Yeah. Group? So Zipporah Berman, who I've known for many years, uh, texted me uh, last week saying, "I'm after 27 years, I'm headed back to the blockade. Because uh, she had become
2: a moderate to many people. I mean, there's a lot of people are saying, "Ah, oh, she's a sellout. She's gone. You know, she's getting paid uh, now, and she's not. She's not as protesty." She used to be.
0: Pro- yep, yeah, not as protestee <laughs> is a good way to put it. She, she hasn't been directly involved in some of these things. She she has been um, appointed to various uh, 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 you know duties by government mm-hmm. to oversee some environmental. Um, you know, policies and such, but uh, Zipporah Berman, I'm, like I say, she's a, the genuine thing, genuine mm-hmm. article, and she says she's had enough. She thinks the 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 logging of old-growth timber there to her violates a fundamental principle, so she got arrested on the weekend um, for civil disobedience. Uh, this is an interesting dispute because... It's the first real environmental protest that the NDP government has faced Mm -hmm. on its watch. And it does hearken back memories to the War of the Woods in Clockwood Sound in the 1990s, where Zora Berman first Mm -hmm. emerged as a major environmental uh, activist figure, and she's there again. It again involves old-growth timber. What's different about this one and makes it more fascinating is the local First Nations, the Pachidat, First Nations, the elected chiefs there support the logging. They own some of the mills. And that's a big right. difference from Clockwood Sound. And and this makes it more challenging for the NDP, which, of course, has introduced and embraced UNDRIP, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, <laughs> um, which means First Nations uh, interests have to be accommodated here. Uh, and so you've got a situation now where First Nations wants the logging to proceed, but even members of the First Nations, particularly the youth, some of the youth the logging, and then you have put the environmental movement in the middle of this thing, the NDP government. It's a, it's a real mess. There's dozens of people have been arrested, and it's not going to die down anytime soon.
2: So even a solution, which was way back when Harcourt, he brought he put a committee together, and they all kind of got together, and they talked about stuff, and they said, you guys figured this out. That may not work this time.
0: It may not work this time, um, and again, it, it's a relatively small operation in terms of, you know, it's a, it's a right. TFL, but it's only a small part of the TFL, And I've wondered whether a compromise might be achieved here, but the fact that the First Nations supports the logging adds a bit of spice to this that wasn't there before.
2: Yeah. George Affleck in for Mike Smith. I'm joined by Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Uh, We're taking your calls, 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. And joining me now is Ed from South Surrey. Ed, what's up? Uh, Yeah, I just got a question. The second shots are sort of coming out sooner, as predicted. Do you have any prediction for someone 75 years of age? And my second question is, we are pretty close to the states on administering the first shot, but we're way behind on the second shot. But they're opening up much quicker. Does that give uh, consideration for putting more emphasis on the second shot? Thanks. I had two questions there, Keith. Both quite interesting,
0: I think. Yeah, uh, well, if you're 75 years old, you're going to get your second dose Fairly soon because you would have got your first dose ooh, back in or probably early April.
2: And those would be Pfizer probably, right? Most of those?
0: Seventy percent of the of the people in B C who've got vaccines have got Pfizer. That's by far and away our workhorse vaccine. Nineteen percent have got Moderna, ten percent have got um, AstraZeneca, uh, so again, most people are getting pfizer, and we 're getting more we 're getting lots of Pfizer all the time yeah, we 're getting two hundred and seventy six thousand doses mm-hmm. a week. We go to three hundred and twenty eight thousand doses a week next month. Moderna is less um, predictable we 're getting about one hundred and thirty five doses uh, a month or every every two weeks, I guess. Um, and no AstraZeneca on the horizon. But AstraZeneca can just show up suddenly out of out of the blue. Yeah. Coller's right. They, we we're ahead of the the U.S. on first dose death, um, first dose vaccinations, but we are behind on second dose. But the second doses will start catching up very quickly because we've had a four month interval, and the states does not. They've had the 21 days, I think, or 28 right. days.
2: Right, we're one of the first countries that decided to do that, yeah. and there was a lot of controversy. I mean, Dr. Bonnie was the first one talking about that yep. way back in January, and people yep. were saying, are you crazy? Why are you not listening to the pharmacy companies? They know what to do. And yet well, here again... Are in- People who
0: normally would never trust pharmaceutical companies suddenly think (laughs) pharmaceutical companies are the only ones to be trusted in something like this. The the goal was to give as many first doses to people as possible because first doses provide an enormous amount of um, protection. And so if you can protect as many people as possible for a limited period of time, that stretches out the interval for the second dose. It's interesting. We've gone from 16 weeks for the second dose interval. Now we're down to 13 weeks. And as I say, that may shrink as well as more vaccines become available.
2: But it also talks about opening up and why the U.S., you know, they were, were mm-hmm. equal. Now we've surpassed them on the first dose, and yet they're going full up, full bore on opening up. Why are we not just doing that here?
0: Yeah, and we're, I'm not sure. We're, I don't know if you saw the PGA uh, golf championship yesterday with Phil Mickelson, but the, the scenes of the crowds, crowds were just tens of thousands of people surging around Phil Mickelson in very close quarters, just thousands of people neck to neck, nobody wearing masks mm. in Carolina. And we'll see what happens as a result of that. Assume that well, most of those people had at least one dose of vaccine. Well, we're not going to open up to that extent until we have at least, with everybody, 80% two doses. And that's not till the fall. And, right. that, and the fall is when people are talking about opening up the border.
2: All right. Thanks to Ed for that call. Dennis from Barrier. Dennis, go ahead. Yeah, my question was basically answered during the, by a previous caller, but... Uh, the other question is: Is there going to be enough supply of Moderna? We hear very little about Moderna at all mm-hmm. uh, for our second shot. Yeah, that is uh, that is weird. Why we're not getting Keith? Why are we not getting that Moderna? What's what's going yeah, Moderna's on? Yeah, Moderna has
0: been a bit of a mystery since day one. Um, we get it; it's it's now a little more predictable for a few months. There, it was just simply considered not coming, and then it would arrive out of the blue. Now we do seem to have a, a dependable delivery schedule of about one hundred and thirty-five doses. 135,000 doses every two weeks. But that, again, that's dwarfed by the amount of Pfizer. So most people are getting, as I say, more than 70% are getting Pfizer, and that will continue throughout uh, as we go through this program. It's that Those percentages are not likely to change, but there, are, there is going to be a little more Moderna than there has been in the past.
2: All right. I thank Dennis for your call. Dawn from Delta, your question for Keith.
0: Yeah, uh, my question is not really a
2: question. I have a statement. (laughs) Okay. uh,
0: The logging uh, situation on Vancouver Island with the old-growth timber is really, uh, that should be a World Heritage site. We have very little primeval forest left. I know the rights of the First Nations have to be considered, but if they have to be compensated, so be it. But that should be a World Heritage site. We should preserve that forest and the NDP government are wrong in this issue. And the First Nations really don't care uh, about the environment uh, uh, because it's a money deal. And uh, in Delta here, we have the same deal with the Port Metro Vancouver going to uh, put a a big island in the middle of the uh, estuary and ruin the Fraser River
2: ecosystem. And the natives are supporting it here too. So you know, it's all about money. All right. Yeah. All right, Don, thanks. I mean, if there, there is an inconsistency, and I think that maybe confuses people with the First Nations, that they're they're not all the same. They each have their own beliefs. No, 204
0: First Nations in BC. It's not a, um, you know, one giant community. Mm-hmm. They have... Different views. They're independent First Nations from each other. Uh, they have overlapping claims in many instances. And they have, um, as I say, different different policies. and different Their views own and different
2: complexities uh, and yeah, their own and politics. It,
0: it, to, to say natives are this or natives are that really kind of ignores the fact that these are individual nations.
2: All right, Benita from Arrington. Hi, you guys. Hey.
0: Um, um, I was wondering, Keith, I, I received my Moderna va- um, vaccine approximately three weeks ago. Am I is my second vaccine then going to be have to be the visor then?
2: Yeah, there's no, that well, question, right? There there seems to be some inconsistency on that round, right?
0: Yeah, it, again, it depends on supply. Um and the, the science is evolving on this um, in terms of mixing and matching uh, vaccines. The, the final word has not been uttered on this whether or mm-hmm. not you can still mix and match. But the advice from uh, NACI now, the National Advisory Ca- uh, Committee on Vaccinations, is to get the se- have one. your second dose to be the same as your first dose. But again, this is this is subject to change. Uh, we should have enough Moderna because we relatively few people got Moderna. Uh, Giving, finding enough of doses to give them a, a second uh, uh, second dose of Moderna is is not necessarily that big a challenge. We should be able to have enough. Uh, so, right. this woman's call, our um, second dose right now is scheduled for 10 weeks from now. And so, over the next 10 weeks, we should be getting enough we'll Moderna to ensure that she gets the second dose of Moderna.
2: All right, Keith, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate right. that. Thanks, Take George. care. And thanks to Benita. Okay.